The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, Tanner Hoops with you Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with us. Guest in the studio with us, the pride of ABC10 in Marquette, <laughs> Rachel Zerby, soon to be the past, and Michael Hofling, the future. Oh, Glad to you. have you both with us. Yeah, it's thank a packed you. house. I, I, like being, I like being called the future. <laughs> We've got the past plus the future, kind of stuck in the present, double dip in a way. Oh, thank you. Uh, news broke yesterday that Manny Machado became the richest free agent, at least the richest signed free agent in the history of American professional sports. And I didn't have time to really touch on that. As much as I really wanted to, I went over time yesterday. So I want to dig into that big time today. Signs with the Padres for 10 years, $300 million, largest free agent signing in American pro sports history. I'm not sure if I love this deal, to be honest with you, but I know, Michael, that you do. So the one thing I keep seeing about Machado's thing is, like, he's he's never hit above 300 in a season, right? So he's not worth it. Like, yeah, he's never had a 40-home run season. I will take 35 home runs. I, I'm a Giants fan. I don't remember the last time we had Like, Barry Bonds was our last 35-home run hitter. So Manny Machado is moving to a ballpark that is notoriously not nice for hitters, mm-hmm. but... He he's got one of the sweetest swings in the league. Like yeah, he struck out on his knee last year at the, in the World Series. But and then not to not to mention that yeah, he hasn't had a 300 season, but he's had two seasons of 290 and five seasons of 285 and better. And yeah, he's never had a 100 RBI season, but he's had two 90 RBI seasons. And that's been on the Orioles, where he's hitting in front of Chris Davis, or he's batting second in the lineup. That's not really a RBI producing spot. I just don't know about his attitude is the biggest thing that worries me. You saw it, the, the photograph of him hitting a ground ball to the left side and not even hustling it out to first base. He's blowing a bubble before he got to the first base bag. I feel like he's going to San Diego, though, so he can just be that laid-back no, player no, no, who no, doesn't no, no, care. No. Well, okay, so he's never been in a leadership role. When he, he literally was- admitted, I was listening to a podcast on the way here, he said he'll never be the guy to like run out first base. Well, I mean, there's, a, so, lot like, of, there's a lot of guys that have been like that. Yeah, but like, like, who admits that? Buster Posey, uh, as a, like, yeah, he's a catcher. He has to protect his knees. He never runs it out and Buster Posey has been considered one of the best like faces of baseball in a while David Wright at at points didn't run out to first base like the, there there is some reason behind it and yes Manny Machado has an attitude problem but if we're going to talk attitude problem I want to talk about how Bryce Harper got into a fight with Jonathan <laughs> Applebaum yeah so bring him to Philadelphia he please. got into a straight up fight <laughs> well he got into a straight up fight with his teammate Jonathan Applebaum got into a fight with Hunter Strickland and like Mm-hmm. If we're talking attitude problems, Bryce Harper's. Those the are two different kinds of attitude problems. Well, at least he doesn't get into fights with his teammates. At least he like hustles though. Uh, no, he doesn't because he got into a fight with Jonathan Papelbon about not Do running you out. Do blame of him, Jonathan Papelbon? Yeah, but it was about not running out of Papa. So like, there, there there are a lot of things we can look at. There are a lot of ifs, ands, and buts in this situation, but. Frankly, Bryce Harper is one of the best defenders in the league. He's been one of the best defenders in the league for forever now. I mean, not at shortstop, but when he goes to third base. Manny Machado? Yeah. You said Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Oh, I meant meant Machado. (laughs) Bryce Bryce Harper's one of the worst fielders in the league. I can go go about that all day. Dead last Mm -hmm. in ultimate zone rating last year. Dead last in defensive war. Um, And, yeah, a lot of that's because he was forced to play a little more center field last year moving him away from his natural position of right field, but he was behind Nicholas Castellanos, and mm. I would hope that I would hope that Harper, a guy who's been an outfield guy his entire NLB career, would be better at center field than Nicholas Castellanos, who was third base his whole career, moving to right, you know? <sighs> okay, so... <laughs> this would be a good rant for Monday. <laughs> Basically, I don't know, man. Manny Machado, like, he's going to be forced into a leadership role. There are only two guys on the Padres that have more MLB experience than him. Mm-hmm. Ian Kinsler and Eric Hosmer. Both of them have won World Series. Manny Machado is the only other guy on that team who's even been to the playoffs now. He's their star. He's the guy. We give you the money. You're going to be our face of the franchise for the next 10 years now. So he's going to be forced to buy into their system, buy into their winning system, because they're not trying to win right now. They're trying to win in the next two to three years when their guys in their farm system come up, when Hunter Renfro and Manuel Margot fully develop. So he needs to buy into that. He needs to become a mentor. He needs to become a leader. And I think that he's willing to do that. He was well-respected in the Orioles clubhouse despite his, quote, attitude problems. So I I think it's a really good deal. Machado has been, uh, in terms of, he's never finished top ten in war uh, in a single season. But 
over the course of the last five years, he's number five in the league in war. So he's consistent. He's consistent. It's his bat in clutch situations that worry me because he hit maybe two thirteen in the World Series, something like that. I just don't know about a giving a guy this kind of a contract for being a Gold Glove winner because I, I, I mean he's a great player. But the only reason that him and Harper were in this game of chicken like they were is because of the position Machado plays. If he was an outfielder, I don't know that we'd be having this conversation. What, what, okay, so you're concerned about his position. It's a premium position, third right. base. Yeah. It's like and he, he does it so well. Yeah, and he's arguably the best. I'd say number two. I'd put him behind Nolan Arenado, but ahead of Chris Bryant. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. They're, they're, I mean, it's it's. I don't know what to say about the position, but basically, he's the be- he's the best in the league in terms of fielding. Nolan Arenado is right behind him in terms of fielding, but way ahead of him in terms of batting. But Bryce Harper is an outfielder. There are a lot of positions you can fill in that spot. But Bryce Harper brings more star power. I would say he's going to attract more fans. But at the same time, and I wrote about this in my article, Bryce Harper when he was on the Nationals playing, the Nationals were playing the best baseball of their entire franchise history. Right? They had the most All Stars. Uh, at one, they had Max Scherzer, Sean Doolittle, Gio Gonzalez, Tanner Rourke, like uh, Trey Turner, Anthony Rendon, Ryan Zimmerman. I can go on and on with Matt Wieters is even like considered a big name still in some places, and still they could never crack the top ten in terms of attendance. Now maybe Washington D.C. is just not a baseball town, but at the same time, if you were going to think that anything was going to turn D.C. into a baseball town, you would hope that it would be this guy who was hitting 570-foot home runs at the age of 15, mm-hmm. and even he couldn't do it. And I think that just goes to show that the, the fans knew that the Nationals were only going to get so far with Harper leading the way. I want to go back to something that you said a couple of minutes ago, and it's about the Padres looking long-term with their prospects and giving their farm system a chance to develop because they have the top-ranked farm system in baseball. They're essentially going to be trusting the process the next few years, and Rachel's wearing her 76ers hat in the studio. Do you have any advice for Padre fans as they get set to embark on the journey that you have been a part of as a Sixers fan for so long? Honestly, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> Why do you say that? You You're the fruit right fun. now. You think they should run out their analytics guy too? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The process is complete. Our process is complete. Nah, well, don't they have to yeah. win the East yeah. for that? Yeah. When do you consider the process complete? I think we are in. I mean, we're in the final stages. We we made the Sports Illustrated cover. We have That's a curse. <laughs> I don't it, care. It, it, no, it, it, we it, have five. We finally have all the pieces. We just have to no. win. What okay. if they get bounced in the Eastern semis again this year? Then will the process be complete, or do they need to add somebody else? I mean, I think it was complete when we made it last year. Okay. Like, know. from our standpoint, like... That was a victory? Yeah. From what we've been through, now we have two of the top NBA players on our team mm. oh, oh wait which two are you well like about? i'm talking about like ben simmons and joel and b the two guys that are ours what about so do you not what do you all right what about jimmy Butler then i mean he did take one of the um trainers one of the sixers like trainers on vacation during all-star break so mm. that's a good sign yeah but like i know simmons and Embiid are here for the long run do for you, now. Do you believe that they're going to be able to re-sign both Butler and Tobias Harris next year? No. Which one leaves? Know. Which one would you keep? I would keep Butler. Would you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's like more that. of a high-profile guy than Tobias Harris. Yeah, he is. But with such a big free agent class coming up in terms of Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving... I mean, we're Kemba not going to get any of them. I mean, but if you don't keep... <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, if you don't keep Jimmy Butler, who's... He costs a pretty penny. It could give you the opportunity to sign a guy. And a guy like Clay Thompson would definitely fit into that system. I don't know. I think it's all going to depend on what the Knicks do. Knicks are going after Kemba Walker and Zion Williamson. Well, they're definitely going to get Zion, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Kemba's from New York. He played at UConn. Like, I think he wants to play for the Knicks. So I think he's going after them, but... I mean, I don't know. What, what what do the Knicks have to do with it? Just like depending on what the Knicks do, how does that affect? Just the like Knicks the conference is? in general. Like I feel like if we can convince 
I mean, if we can get them all to buy in that we're going to win an NBA championship, hopefully Jimmy could be a little like unselfish and like take a little pay cut, you know? Do you think that will only happen if the Celtics aren't able to get Anthony Davis or if Kyrie leaves? Uh, dude, if the Celtics get Anthony Davis, I'm I'm done. <laughs> he couldn't win with DeMarcus Cousins. What? Well, he, he couldn't win with DeMarcus Cousins. Why would you be worried about Anthony Davis? It's the Celtics. Do you not know it's the Brad history Stevens. with the Celtics and the Sixers? We can't well, beat them I mean, without yeah, but, Kyrie. I mean, You think like, we're going to be able to beat them with Anthony but Davis? But like at the same time, like Greg Popovich had two of the best players of his generation and couldn't win a title every year. It's not even about who's on the Celtics. Honestly, they could have five bench players in the Sixers, and I don't think would be able to beat them. It's a culture thing. <laughs> yeah. Sticking with Philadelphia, though, now all eyes turn to Bryce Harper. Rachel, our bet for you is will you order a Bryce Harper customized <laughs> Phillies jersey and wear it around even before he signs with whoever he's going to sign with? If you buy it for me, I if will. If I buy it for I could make that happen for something reasonable, maybe. And then you can videotape me burning it. Okay, I'm not going to buy mind. it for you if you're going to burn it, Rachel. <laughs> well, what, it wouldn't be worth anything if you didn't sign. It would be hilarious. Be you could the, get a lot for no. that on eBay, I guarantee you. It would be worth the memories of that time when you thought maybe he was going to come to your team. The backstory if you sold it on eBay? Oh, my god! Think gosh. how much money you could get for that. No. You, get, you get like a, a full gumball for that. Oh. <laughs> Machado, I know the White Sox front office was not happy with that, to say the least. Trying and falling short is insufficient, so I'm going to take the next few hours and to continue to be pretty f***ed off about this. And certainly look at our offer and say in some elements it's superior. So I don't know what the trigger was. I do not want to say this only comes down to money. I know that we were aggressive, and I know our offer was extremely competitive, and I know I'm standing here right now disappointed that it didn't get it done. I don't know where Harper's going to go, what he's going to sign for. I do think he's going to get paid more than Machado when it's all oh, said yeah. and done. Well, that was, the whole, and done. that was the whole reason that they took so long was because they were waiting for the other person to sign so they could be like, hey, I want more than that. I just like no one is, out, is going to outbid the Phillies. No. No. I mean, There's no way. I think Bryce Harper's agent is the one who's... Well, I, I, like, you heard Rick Hahn say that apparently, based on what he said, the White Sox had a better bid than the Padres. And then Machado just flat turned down the White Sox. Which is so funny because they like the White Sox isn't Machado's like best friend and brother-in-law, brother-in-law play on that yeah. team. And it's like, oh, he's going to the White Sox. No, well, why would you pick the... Wa- no. Well, because the Padres have more of a chance to win, I feel like. Well, yeah, Because the Dodgers, the Dodgers are on the downslide. The Colorado Rockies are going to lose their best player over the next two years, and they have no pitching. Like, mm-hmm. they have a bullpen, but they have no starting rotation. The Arizona Diamondbacks are on the downslope. The San Francisco Giants don't know what they're doing. So, like, the, the Padres have the best farm system. They have a g- good core of young players who are developing, and now they just signed a superstar. They're going to be on the upside. So he wanted to win over the next course of a couple of years. He's been to the playoffs but never been to the CS or the World Series, so he wanted to move somewhere in his career. Tell me if this is a hot take or not, but once Bryce Harper signs and whoever it is with and for whatever amount, it's going to be overshadowed because Manny Machado's still going to be in the news because we're about to go through a giant legal drama between Machado and the state of California because if he gets taxed as a resident of California, he will forfeit about $39 million of his $300 million contract, a tax rate of 13.3% in California. So what he's going to try to do is claim residency in Florida, where he's got family. And because of that, he probably can win that case. So whatever Harper gets, it's all going to be overshadowed. It's going to be like the Super Bowl during Super Bowl week and the NBA news with Anthony Davis. I mean, it might be overshadowed for you guys, but as a Philadelphian, <laughs> we're not going to be worried about Manny Machado and what legal issues he's going if through. If he signs with the as Yeah, Cal- that is it. As a California <laughs> resident myself, I can say he'd be smart to pick up residency <laughs> in, in Florida. We've got Rachel Zerby and John Michael Hoefling in the studio with us. We owe you our first time out. When we come back, we're going to give Rachel every Philadelphian's dream, and that is to bash a Pittsburgh pro athlete. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Next to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, Tanner Hoops, Rachel Zerby, John Michael Hofling with you. Thanks for being with us on Wednesday afternoon. We were talking about drama before the break, 
And the Steelers have way too much of that right now with everything circulating behind Antonio Brown, with what's going on with Le'Veon Bell, even Ben Roethlisberger, even though nobody seems to want to talk about that. Antonio Brown continues to raise the bar for himself or maybe lower it in some ways. Did you see his Instagram video about nine minutes of him ranting while working out on an elliptical with a dyed blonde Hulk Hogan style mustache and in those nine minutes really in no way says anything that would make me want to sign him if I'm a general manager. In fact, he asked some teams to call his cell phone if they have guaranteed money, which by the way would be tampering if someone were to do that. It's at the point where the Steelers need to say, all right, we're agreeing to trade you. Just shut up because we want to get something back for you. Help us, help you, help us. I mean, he was supposed to go to the Niners for a little bit, and I would Mm -hmm. love that still. I would still love that. He's still, I mean, do you still think he's the best receiver in football? I mean, DeAndre It's tough to say. It's tough to say because he's on the wrong side of 30, and he's got a skill set that doesn't age well. I know he's done some things that have never been done in the NFL before, and he's still got a lot to offer some team. I don't know if I'd still say he's the best player, uh, well, best receiver. He, he's, still, he's still got the two-tap, and he's still the best player to get the two-tap. But um, I, I, I hesitate to put him ahead of DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. or a guy like Devontae Adams, who are both just phenomenal, hmm. right? That's high praise for Devontae Adams. Oh, dude, even with Brett Hundley, he was still killing it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love I love what Devontae Adams does. He's there's he's, a lot to like about him. Yeah. I just don't know that I'd put him up in that tier. No, I, I don't know, man. Who, who else would you put in that tier? I I might put Golden Tate ahead of Devontae Go, Adams. Really, to Golden be honest Tate, with you. the yeah. guy who got traded to Philadelphia and couldn't do anything. Well, he couldn't do because anything he with Carson targeted. Wentz. He could do it with Nick Foles. I mean, he didn't do that. He was on my fantasy team. I know how great he did. Like he was he was not the, exactly the same guy I thought he was going to be. Like, with Matt Stafford, even that, like, he wasn't putting up the same numbers that Devontae Adams is putting up. And Devontae Adams was putting up better numbers with, still when he had Jordy Nelson competing with him. How about Adam Thielen, though? Would you Adam, put him above Devontae I, I do. I do like I love Adam Thielen's story. I love that stuff. But he just hasn't had the longevity that Devontae Adams has had yet, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, he's putting up better stats and stuff like that. But and if we can see maybe one or two years of that Adam Thielen, then, yeah, sure. Uh, I'll consider him. But Devontae Adams is just consistent. Uh, racks up the yards. I think he had the second most touchdowns in the league. Like he he does it, man. He, he does. Just does it. Devontae Adams and Antonio Brown would make a lot of fans here happy if they had Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. But as a Niners fan, if he was supposed to go to. I mean, the Niners are missing a couple things, but wide receiver is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't care what he says on an elliptical. I just want his play to speak for itself. I think he'd be a good mentor to a guy like Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin. I think he'd really fit with the Niners or the Cardinals because Josh Rosen needs a target besides... I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is... He's <laughs> as old as my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he needs a target other than David Johnson out of the backfield, mm-hmm. right? I don't care what Antonio Brown says on the elliptical. If he can ball... I'll take him, man. Well, that's what that's the what Steelers want to hear. I'm so sick of, even like with the NBA, like I'm sick of these players using, like going out on social media and be like, oh, I want to be traded and trying as, to like be like prima donnas. As like an, just as a Niners sh- fan, be quiet. We've been okay with drama before. <laughs> Those are arguably the biggest drama over the last five years. But so we don't mind. We were going after OBJ earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to talk about drama, OBJ yeah. like, brings it. Mm-hmm. He, he's the biggest one. Uh, the NFL is just all... Like, this is one of the reasons why I think the NBA and NFL are like turning into drums. It's good for ratings. I mean, the NBA does it so well. I think the NFL is just like... They don't really know like how to deal with this drama. Well, the, the, NBA the players are off the wall. Well, and there's actually parity in the NFL. They don't need to bank on it like the NBA does because we all know who's going to be winning the finals this year, who likely is going to do it, and yet the NBA still dominates the headlines during Super Week. Yeah, that's because the NBA is better than the because NFL. Because of drama. <laughs> well, the, the, also, the social media aspect of it. The NFL yeah. doesn't let people use clips or anything like that, but the NBA lets social yeah. media run wild with everything. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it creates a sort of, it creates a sense of community uh, with, the, with the NBA, whereas the NFL is just like, hey, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You're getting fined. So, Michael, you, if you were a GM, it doesn't bother you what Antonio Brown's doing right now because I think that's what the Steelers want to hear is they want to hear stuff like that because... 
I don't know if Antonio Brown is bringing down his own trade value. He put that tweet out of him with Art Rooney yesterday after they met, and it was so eloquently written that I don't believe it was written by him. I'm sure it was an agent or somebody had to do something to try and get some kind of trade value for him. But if Art Rooney's listening to the show, he's pretty refreshed to hear that there's somebody who isn't turned off by what Antonio Brown's doing right now. Well, as a GM, what's the most important thing? It's to get wins, right? right? And Antonio Brown brings that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it does worry me a little bit, like with the whole thing that happened with the Giants these past two years with o- Odell Beckham basically saying, hey, Eli Manning is ruining the team. It's mm-hmm. sort of happening with Antonio Brown. And I can't believe these, the stuff he said about Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but he's defended other guys on this team. When Le'Veon Bell was holding out, he defended Le'Veon. But the, uh, the thing that bothers me the most isn't anything that's happened this offseason. It's the fact that he sat out in Week 17 with a chance to go to the mm-hmm. playoffs. That's what bothers me about Antonio Brown. Will, will he just decide to give up if he doesn't like where the team is going? Because it's very likely that he's going to go to a team that's struggling, a team that's either just outside the playoff bubble and looking for a wide receiver or a team that's looking to get over the hump with a star wide receiver. So that makes me think of um, the New Orleans Saints, the Tennessee Titans, the Dallas Cowboys, and the San Francisco 49ers. Right? I don't know that the Cowboys will have a shot to get him though, because they oh, use Jerry that Jones likes, likes yeah, to but pay they money. use that on Amari Cooper. Yeah, but at the same time, Amari Cooper has never done an incredible amount as a number one receiver since twenty. No, I agree. I don't like the trade for the Cowboys, but I just don't know that they have the first round picks to be able to keep going out and getting wide receivers like that. I mean, if they, what if they include Amari Cooper in their trade for Antonio Brown? Well, that's the thing I want to touch on: is what do you give up for Antonio Brown based on what you've seen out of him? Well, he's as you said, he's on the wrong side of thirty, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't give up like, like what do you think? Like, <laughs> you're a Vikings fan. You got a little bit of capital, simple, not at no. the line positions and no. the skills. No, I don't want Antonio Brown. Yeah, you're happy. You're pretty well. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm content. You're wide receiver. Yeah, totally we don't. Fine. Yeah. So, but, like. I, I would give up a lot for him. I mean, would we you? gave up a lot for Richard Sherman. He's on the wrong side of thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, but Antonio Brown just seems to be like the right. And I'd love to see the Antonio Brown Richard Sherman contests at practice. I would love to see that kind of stuff. But having a guy like Antonio Brown in the as a, as a mentor for the guys, like Pierre Garcon is sort of filling that role, but he's always hurt now. Antonio Brown, as strange as he is. Doesn't get hurt, and he consistently puts up numbers. He didn't put up the greatest numbers this year, but that's mainly because Juju Smith-Schuster was just so good as well that people were covering Antonio Brown. They were like, all right, we'll just throw the Juju. Let me ask you both this. Put yourselves in the shoes of Brian Gutekunst. If you want to make this deal happen with the Packers, you're forced to take a big risk and make a splash while you've got some prime left in Aaron Rodgers. What do you give up if you're the Packers to try and get Antonio Brown? Everything. Everything? <laughs> Everything. I was in, well, you know. Even Devontae I, Adams? No, not Devontae Adams. You don't give up Devontae Adams. You gotta so get, not quite everything. Not quite everything, but you give up a lot of your draft picks and stuff. Because, like, let's face it, Green Bay just got rid of Mike McCarthy. So mm-hmm. they, they needed, they're trying to do something to keep their fans interested, keep their owners interested. The city owns the Packers. Like, people of the city. So they, they're going through a lot right now. This is a team that's rich in history, rich in quarterbacking. They, they pride themselves on the fact that they're a winning football team. But they haven't been the last two years, and the fans, I can tell you, have been very disappointed in that. They need to do something to keep the fans interested, and one of the biggest problems has been Aaron Rodgers' play. He hasn't been the same Aaron Rodgers over the past two, three years, and part of that has been because he's been injured. But at the same time, Part of it's just been he hasn't been putting up numbers, so they need to give him something that he can do. And people thought Jimmy Graham was going to be the thing. It wasn't. He just doesn't use his tight ends that well. But giving him another receiver like like he had with Jordy Nelson, and arguably better than Jordy Nelson, would be a huge add to the offense. And if they're going to try to squeeze anything out of Aaron Rodgers' prime left, which should be trying to get another Super Bowl win, they need to, they need to add to that offense to compete with the Bears' defense and the Vikings' defense for that matter. Before we go to break, you said a few minutes ago you were surprised maybe at some of the stuff Antonio Brown said about Ben Roethlisberger. Rachel, you've been born and bred to not like Pittsburgh professional athletes living oh in Philadelphia. God. 
Why is Ben Roethlisberger getting a free pass for his role in this? Because I know Antonio Brown said some stuff he probably shouldn't, but Roethlisberger's far from perfect either, and it feels to me like he's getting a pass. But is it just because he's the quarterback and you can replace Le'Veon with James Conner, you can replace Brown with Juju Smith-Schuster, but why is Ben Roethlisberger getting a free pass? I don't even want to say what I... I I can't (laughs) say what I want to say about Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to just keep it at that. Well, that's uh, that's what Ben Roethlisberger is doing. I think he's getting a free pass just because he's staying quiet. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he wasn't in the regular I season, though. He'd go on every week, and he'd just talk openly, criticizing about his teammates on open air on the radio. And I don't think he was doing it to be a jerk. I think he was just saying what was on his mind without a filter and without thinking and didn't realize some things are better left unsaid. And I think that's where Juju – I'm sorry, Antonio Brown really – had a problem with him and took exception to that. I don't know why he's getting a free pass for this, and maybe it's just because they are committed to investing in him. They have already given him a contract extension, and he's about 37. He looks like he's in terrible shape, although anybody will tell you that he's not. He's still winning games, but you wonder for how long. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl for him. So yeah, but had, so did Joe Flacco. Yeah, so did Eli Manning. But like that, that, that sense of... He won a Super Bowl for us. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell didn't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who are they going to? Who are they going to take? Like, it's, it's it's the same thing. Like, a lot of New York Giants fans, I know a couple, are blaming Odell instead of Eli, even though Odell's obviously the better player because Eli won them two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that has something to do with it too. Just the history that he's brought to the team. That might, I I think that has something to do with like why mm-hmm. they're not going after him also. Rachel Zerby and John Michael Hoefling in the studio with us. We hit the halfway point of the show. We'll take our next time out on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Danner Hoops, Rachel Zerby, and John Michael Hoefling in the studio with you. Here is your Sports Center update. Steve Stricker has been named Team USA's captain for the 2020 Ryder Cup. Clint Capella is set to return to the Rockets lineup tomorrow night against the Lakers. The fifth-year big man has missed 15 games while recovering from thumb surgery. And finally, on this day in 1992, Homer Simpson pinch hit for Daryl Strawberry. And he smacked a walk-off home run to win the Springfield City Softball Tournament in one of the greatest Simpson episodes ever. Did you guys ever see that one? It aired on this day in 92. I've like, never watched those. Wow. Yeah, you've also never watched Game of Thrones. So. I've never watched Game of Thrones. Thank oh you. I, I literally tried to start it three times and I fell asleep all three times. Maybe I'll give it a fourth I've seen try, the show all the way through eight times. That's I, 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 oh my gosh. I know, I know. That's what everybody says. I've never seen You have one way too much time on your hands. I used to have way too much time on my hands. Yeah, now he's now a working you're, man. Now that was a good episode, though. I know it was 1992, but he goes out and recruits all these ringers from professional baseball. Don Mattingly and Ozzie Smith were in it. An infield of Wade Boggs at third, Ozzie Smith at short, Steve Sachs, Don Mattingly on the right side. Mike Sosha was the catcher, and then the outfield was Griffey, Canseco, and Daryl Strawberry. And for various reasons, only Strawberry was the one who played in that game. Homer Simpson, though. He's not in there, and that's a problem. Well, he was the pinch hitter. He was the hero in the ninth. Each one of the players had to miss the game for whatever reason. Uh, Steve Sachs got pulled over and suspected of murder when they found out he played for the Yankees and was from New York. Mike Sosha tried to do his job at the nuclear power plant. That's how they got him on the team, and he ended up getting radiation poisoning. Sounds about right. Ken Griffey Jr. was (laughs) drinking this tonic. That uh, that turned him into a giant, and he had to go to the hospital. Jose Canseco was saving a woman and all her possessions from a burning house. Wade Boggs got in an argument with that bully kid over who the greatest prime minister of England was. Ozzie Smith <laughs> went to the Springfield mystery spot and disappeared. Roger Clemens thought he was a chicken because of a hypnotist and Don Mattingly was thrown off the team after shaving his head because Montgomery Burns thought he had sideburns. What, what kept uh, Daryl Strawberry clean? It was never said, but he got pinched hit for in the ninth for Homer Simpson because he was facing a left-handed pitcher, and Mr. Burns didn't want to try the lefty-on-lefty matchup. So he played the matchup. It's smart. Yeah, pinch hit a righty, Homer Simpson, and plays a Daryl Strawberry. Analytics at its finest. Yeah. 
Anyway, back to... (laughs) I'm confused. (laughs) Back to non-animated sports. I'm still waiting for the NBA to get back to action, and they do tomorrow. But I haven't got to talk to either of you since the All-Star Weekend. Any final thoughts on it from... Either of our expert NBA analysts. I've just come to the conclusion that everyone is always going to always complain. That made no sense. Is always going to complain about the dunk contest, no Mm -hmm. matter what happens. Yeah, LeBron should be in it. Giannis should have been in it. It's, It's not even that. It's just like... Well, I, I'm one of those guys who complains about the dunk contest. See, I, th- I don't understand, like, what is, like, to me, I, it's cool. It the dude jumped cool. over Shaq, and they're like, oh, he touched his shoulder. Okay, let me see no. you jump over Shaq and dunk. Okay, well, that's like, not the whole thing. Obviously, they can do stuff that we can't, but it's it's becoming repetitive at this point. It's We've already seen everything that the dunk contest could possibly. Somebody jumped over a Kia. Like, are you going to top that? Yeah, but, like, what more repetitive? Like, there's only... Some like, kind of uh, ways. I actually to... think jumping over Shaq is more impressive than. Yeah, Shaq is Diallo. Massive. Diallo did the honey dipper thing, right? And that was like one of his famous dunks from the night. It's like we've already seen that. Somebody already did that. That was already a thing. But this guy was like, "Oh, he did it too." So that's really cool. Why? I think Vince Carter set the bar too high. I, I yeah. Think now of, everybody's complaining. I think a bunch of people have set the bar too high already. Like that's this whole thing. Dwight Howard, Blake Griffin, even uh, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon. Their contest going back to back to back to back with tens, 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 tens. It's it's just we've already seen everything that it has to offer. I feel like so. I, so are we just canceling the dunk contest I, then? I, I, I don't know like, what's the be, difference with I, three I, point I, contest? Oh, it's people shooting I three pointers. I've the, seen that before. It's not even big names anymore either. I watched it for five minutes. I can't even remember what his name was, but it, he tried to jump over D-Wade and get a pass from Steph Curry. It took him like six tries to get it. Like, I want to see you do it on the first try. I don't want to see you... Uh, I don't want to see you fail, go back, do it again, fail. Even the crowd, like, they go, uh... Uh... Like, the Wii Sports. Like, when, when, you, miss the, when you miss the tin in, in golf, that's what it was like. That was as engaged as the crowd got, by the way. They were pretty silent over yeah. the whole weekend. Like, in the All-Star uh, game, they were quiet. It, like, couldn't you, can you find me something from that dunk contest that was original, new, and exciting? And don't say jumping over Shaq. I mean, but been, that was cool. That was my favorite part. Yeah, that, that's probably everybody's favorite part from it, but just the entire thing as a whole needs to be good. Like the three-point contest, you got Steph, the, the best shooter ever. You got his brother. You got some guy named Joe Harris who nobody's ever heard of who just comes out of nowhere. You got Dirk Nowitzki, a legend. And then for the dunk contest, you have Diallo. And a bunch of other guys. I'll admit I never knew Diallo before yeah. the dunk contest. Never Seriously? heard of him. Never heard of no. him. I don't follow Oklahoma City. Like you need you need the right names. Like even the skills competition had Jason Tatum and Trey Young, and they were going at it. That was exciting too. But the dunk contest just didn't have the names to back it up. I feel like. Does anybody care about the NBA versus the world and the Rising Stars Challenge? Did anybody <laughs> watch that? No, I didn't watch it either. Kuzma did well, apparently, and Jason Tatum was the MVP, which I was happy about, but I can't say I watched it or really knew even when it was coming on. If the U.S. like the U.S. just dominates in basketball, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know, and just, other than yeah. Ben Simmons, who's somebody from Australia, foreign, yeah, who's from Australia, like, who's somebody... Patty Mills. Yeah, no, like... <laughs> Who's somebody that's going to compete against the, U- the U.S.? Yeah, but this is the best players in the world, like an all-star team. They beat us the last two years, and then the U.S. Mm. got back on the right track this year. Well, like next year when we get Zion Williamson, like mm. how, how's that going to go for a little bit? But uh, I think the game itself, what did you, you think of the I game? didn't watch the game. You didn't watch the All-Star game? No, I was watching the Ted Bundy tapes. I was following <laughs> it I was following it on Twitter, though. I saw the Giannis and Steph thing. Yep. Oh, that, was, that, was that was pretty fun. Yeah, to I me, thought, like, the game I is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game is fun, but, like, I don't need to watch two hours worth of grown men just standing around on the court. Oh, they were playing a little bit of defense, especially in the second half. Because no. they started, they, they put prize money in it now. The winners get more money now. There's a little bit of incentive to play maybe some defense. First half is all about putting on a show. Yeah. I mean, uh, I thought it was exciting. I mean, you had Dirk come in and hit three straight threes. Chris Milton and Giannis were just going at it for the Bucks. Um, the Steph and, the Steph and Giannis thing. There were a bunch of oops, which I, I'm not a big dunk fan. Like, I'm tired of seeing dunks on SportsCenter's Top Ten or whatever. Uh they were just fun, man. And you could tell the players were having a good time. You cut to the bench shots. And even Russell Westbrook, who always likes to take the spotlight, was like standing back and letting everybody do their thing. Uh, I thought it was great to see. 
LeBron looked so much happier. I brought this on the show yesterday, and I want to see what you guys think of it. He looks so happy getting to play with Kyrie and Dwayne Wade again. Yeah, actual basketball players. So much happier than he ever has since he, he actually won. The Lakers. He yeah, won. He won. <laughs> From a basketball standpoint, LeBron is aging faster than Obama in the White House. LeBron just kind of looks like he's doing that from a basketball standpoint. He's not the same guy that he was in July. I almost feel like at some point LeBron needs to employ the nuclear option for his own sake. With all these players, as sick of it as we might be, asking for trades, when does LeBron do that? He already did that, sort of. Well, sort of, but he's not explicitly come out like Anthony Davis. I mean, he's kind of implied that he's not happy there, but he hasn't come out and said, I want to be traded, and he's going to put Magic Johnson on the spot to do it. I don't think he wants to be traded. I think he wants to be a, a Laker. Everybody wants to be a Laker, right? Just yeah, but like he doesn't how, want to be it right now. Uh, I mean, but like at the same time, you're already there. Like, and you love it. Like, you're producing. If, yeah, if anything, too, he's gonna like, ship out his whole team. Yeah, you're producing Space Jam too. Your kids love L.A. The city of L.A. is great. Uh, Staples Center is fantastic. You want your own statue put up there? You're already like on the walls in L.A. Can't go back to Cleveland because they tore down your banner. Like. I, 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 just, I just don't understand what did he expect. We all knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel bad. It's no one's fault. He could play for the Clippers. He could stay <laughs> in town, get sent to the Clippers, and be teammates with Kawhi next year. You're not lo- you're, you're not the king and then play for the prince yeah. of Staples Center. Well, I think you're right. He wants to be in L.A., but does he really want it more of this? Like his last few good years. He's already 34. That's about agent for the NBA. Does he really want to spend his last few good years surrounded by Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma? I don't think he wants to be surrounded by Lonzo, and uh, especially Lonzo. I, I mean, who would? To, I don't think he wants to, but the same, I don't think he wants to be surrounded by Luke Walton's the most important thing. I think he wants a new coach. Think so? Yeah. There have been so many complaints about Luke Walton, I feel like. Yeah, but how couldn't you be in this kind of a situation? Because the pressure's not going to fall on Magic Johnson from Lakers fans. It's all going to come on Luke Walton. I don't know that it's his fault, to be honest. I don't think it's his fault either. Like, everybody thought he was a good coach because he was coaching the Warriors. Like, you're coaching the Warriors. You're obviously going to have a great time. Like, look how it didn't work out for the Pelicans either with Alvin Gentry. Mm-hmm. I, but at the same time, like, I like Walton because I am a Warriors fan, but I don't think he's as good a coach as the Lakers want him to be. Last thing before we go to break, is Lonzo Ball a bust, yes or no? I was literally was just thinking that. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't, I don't think he's a bust. Like, he's not the point scorer, although his shooting has improved. But he's top he's top half of the league in terms of point guards in rebounding steals and turnover to assist ratio. I don't think that's a bust. I think he is a bust just the way that people hyped him up. Oh, yeah, well, the, his father hyped him up. Like. Yeah, like... When I think of the Lakers now, like, I ain't thinking of Lonzo Ball. I think of Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. He's stealing spotlight. No, I, I get that. But, but, but like, I don't know. That, what, it's, he, he's, he's, he's in his second he's year? He's Anthony Bennett. Like. Yeah, but he, what, uh, what, when did he get picked? Second. Second. second? For a second-round draft pick, and you're still, like, it was ahead of not really doing it was, anything it was ahead, in it was your second year? That's what year. makes it look really bad, is that he was picked ahead of Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. Darren Fox, they could have got all those guys Dennis instead Smith, of Lonzo. Dennis Smith Jr. But like yeah. at the same time, you have somebody who is supposed to be as good as, or is supposed to be like the future of whatever. Markel Fultz got picked in front of him. Like, well, yeah, but he's no longer a Sixer, so we don't have to speak of him. And Rachel. also, screw Markel Fultz. Oof. Screw him. Okay, that that's heavy. Rachel's not a Markel Fultz. No, I, I never was, but well, now now that, now now that, that he's coming out kind of bashing the Sixers. Cut me a break. We were behind you. Thank you, next. Yeah, thank you, next, Markel. <laughs> but the fact is that there was so much hype around Lonzo, and they needed the point guard because Brandon Ingram is still a, a, he was a phenomenal player at that time. They weren't going to pick Tatum because they were just going to sit him behind uh, Ingram at that point. So they needed the point guard, and somebody who brought as many televised games. Like, the Lakers weren't supposed to do anything last year before LeBron, and they had the fifth most televised games, nationally televised games in the league. And... It, it actually helped attract LeBron because LeBron said after they signed Lonzo, or after they got Lonzo and Lonzo had been playing for the for the first, like, 20 games, he was like, I like the way Lonzo plays. It, I think they helped attract LeBron. I, I think it brought a lot of attention and brought them back to the national spotlight. I like I like what they did. 
I, as little as I like LeVar, Lonzo has done wonders for the Lakers, I feel like, in terms of national spotlight. I, I see where you're coming from, but I don't know that I agree with that. I think, Le, I think LeBron was going to L.A. no matter who was there because he wants to be an actor. He wants to be in Space Jam and all these movies. I don't know if it was Lonzo that brought him there. but Well, he was already set to work on Space Jam before he was uh, with the Lakers, and I think the Sixers made a really, really strong case with the Complete the Process board and everything. Joel Embiid went after him, and if he wanted to win straight up, he would have gone to the Sixers mm-hmm. or the Warriors because apparently that was a thing, even though I didn't even want that. And But the fact that the, the Lakers just brought something, they, they brought something, like, yeah, they were childish with... Yeah, I mean, Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball released diss tracks of each other. That's not exactly like mm-hmm. uh, professional. This is right after D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. But they did get rid of, they showed that they were willing to get rid of guys like D'Angelo Russell and stuff like that, and I think that attracted LeBron as well. Rachel Zerby and John Michael Hoefling in the studio with us. We'll take our last time out, finish this thing off when we come back in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Danner Hoops, Rachel Zerby, and John Michael Hoefling in the studio with us. And I swear our best conversations happen during the breaks because... Michael was just telling us how you once played against Aaron Gordon, picked yeah. up basketball, and didn't get dunked on. I didn't, because any time he was driving down the lane, I just stepped out of the way. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to let that happen to me. Scaredy cat. It happened once. He played for a rival height. I mean, who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be when you see a guy like Aaron Gordon coming down? I, I wasn't about to get 360 no-scoped in basketball. like. <laughs> <sighs> But that, that was a good time. And I'm not the best basketball player. I got no handles. I, I can shoot and pass, sort of, but I got no handles. I mean, you got the height that you probably could have stepped in there taking yeah, but a charge. I, but think about it. I was a water polo player. Like, I, mm. I, 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 can, I can't run to save my life. I keep forgetting water polo is a big thing in California. Or anywhere, actually. But <laughs> I, I, I just don't think of that. It's, it's like growing up in Iowa... Illinois residents always talk to us about men's volleyball, and we're like, "Is that a yeah. thing?" No, I, it's I, I a big get that, thing over but there. But yeah, I was a big swimmer. Uh, I swam against a couple guys who were like going into Olympic trials now and stuff. And um, then I got to high school, and I was like, "Nope, water polo." Because when, when you swim, I, I started swimming when I was six, and then you get to high school, and you're like, "Oh, I can do something besides look at the black line." Oh, mm. this is great! So yeah, I just pretty much gave up swimming for water polo. Well, college basketball. Really in the full swing, and we've got the marquee matchup coming up this evening between LaSalle at St. Bonaventure. It's a what? weird way to spell North Carolina at Duke. <laughs> I was like, what? As soon as I heard LaSalle, I was like, uh, the Explorers what's going against on? The Bonnies tonight at 7 o'clock. That is the pregame for North Carolina at Duke because oh, no sports radio station is talking about that matchup enough. I mean, UNC Duke is the greatest rivalry in all of college sports, mm-hmm. hands down. No uh, questions asked. What? Do not at me. Uh, what? Uh, you Alabama, heard me. LSU? Absolutely not. UNC ahead Duke college who? basketball. Uh, ahead of uh, UNC Duke? No, UNC yeah. Duke college. Well, college, basketball, college basketball. UNC Duke. Yeah. It's hard to think of one that's better than that. No, definitely not in basketball. I basketball, I can't think of one. But I mean, football, obviously not. They're not football schools. No, yeah, no, not, yeah, neither. I don't remember the last time Duke was ranked in football. They were ranked this past season, weren't they? In football? Yeah. Kentucky was, and I know Kentucky. Okay, not, maybe Kentucky's that's who I was thinking a, of. Not a, not a football school. Same Syracuse? like UCF. Yeah. They're just not a football school either. UCF. No. UCF. Not <laughs> a <football school. laughs> I don't know how their basketball teams doing either. Their basketball well, they have, team okay, they have Taco Fall, who's literally seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. Probably. He's only good because he literally just reaches his arm and, like, scores. The most, like, unathletic human being. Like, he's too tall for his own good. Like, if you think, like, those, like, blow-up things in the, the car parking that's what, like, talking ball is. Yeah. Just, like, think of that person, like, those blow-up things trying to play basketball. Do you, do you think he'd be good in the, uh, in the NBA? Absolutely not. Uh-huh. He is, like, he's a string bean, I'm telling you. Yeah, but his so name is Kevin, Taco. Yeah, but so at the same time, so is Kevin Durant. No, like, this guy has no muscle. You have to watch a game. Uh, uh, He destroys, like, he's just tall and lengthy and, like, 
his hands he's, are massive. He, he just stands under the basket and he blocks you and then just scores. He's no Shaq because Shaq. Is oh no, Shaq is a freaking manimal. No, like I'm telling you, he's a string bean. I can't wait for the dunk contest in three years when someone's jumping over Taco Fall. That if someone jumps over him, then automatic winner in my That's book. That's gonna be pretty impressive. Well, next year, next year it might actually be pretty good because Donovan Mitchell was saying how he and Giannis wanted to go at it. Zion yeah, needs Zion. to be in it. <laughs> Donovan Mitten. Don't get me started on him either. Oh, what, what the- I'm sorry. I don't like his dunk contest last year when he paid. Didn't he pay tribute to Vince Carter? Well, I, he like wore. I didn't watch it last I'm pretty sure he wore Vince Carter's jersey. Sit down. He tried to recreate his dunk. No. Not but. a Donovan Mitchell, but does that have anything to do with him rivaling? Oh, it has ben everything Simmons? to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> everything. <laughs> Rachel Zerby and John Michael Hoefling in the studio with us as we approach the 5 o'clock hour. Don't forget Westwood Patriot basketball this evening on ESPN-UP, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.15 tip. Duke and Carolina, though, is going to be the big story this evening as the tickets are approaching Super Bowl price. I'd pay it for a UNC Duke. To, that's really? on my number one on my bucket list. I'm I'm like it. a low-key Tar Heel fan. Growing up, I always wanted to go there because I mm. love their colors. I went to basketball camp twice there. Mm. Played in the Dean Dome. I was always a UCLA fan. Okay. Well, that makes well, sense. Yeah. Uh, my mom went to UCLA, too. But, like, I like UNC, too. Like, I just always... I, hate, I, don't know. I, I can't stand Duke. I hate Duke. I hate I can't stand Duke. I first year respect I, Coach K, but like no, same. But the, I, f- the first year I ever like did a uh, did a, mad, a March Madness bracket, my friend was like, "Duke's gonna win. Duke's gonna win. Duke's gonna win." And it was like he was badgering me with that, and I was like, "No, dude, no, no, no." And then Duke won. So mm-hmm. Now I hate Duke. Yeah, but I just don't like their fans. They're obnoxious. I mean, you could, I mean, some people think that about the Sixers fans. I mean, yeah, yeah. everyone thinks that about all Philadelphia fans. So for me to say I don't like a fan base because they're obnoxious is kind of yeah. a little contradicting. But, but. It, it will be good. And, like, it, it's it, the atmosphere is going to be great. I, I just want to get uh, at some point big enough in the media to where I can just go there for free. Because I don't want to pay Super Bowl Is price. it at Cameron? It is at Cameron. I covered – a women's basketball game there mm. and that even that was cool i couldn't even imagine what that place is like for a unc game is that it's your favorite so small. game favorite memory that you've covered it actually was yeah because temple it was the first round of the ncaa women's uh, tournament okay. and temple wow. played oregon who is now ranked or was ranked second they just got knocked off by oregon state mm-hmm. with sabrina whatever her last name is the triple double machine mm-hmm. they played mm-hmm. her and they lost by like two points so, yeah, that was easily the best thing I've ever covered in my favorite life. Favorite venue to yeah. cover. How about you, Michael? You have a favorite venue off the top of your head? I mean, back, so I went to the World Baseball Classic when it was at Dodger Stadium. Oh, okay. So that, that's probably, like, my equivalent. Dodger Stadium was great. I mean, uh, the Honda Center for the Anaheim Ducks is always popping, and it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's great to go to. Angel Stadium is beautiful, and I've been, like, to every inch of that, but, yeah. Probably favorite memory is World Baseball Classic, Dodger Stadium. Honda Center is popping for as much as it can be oh, when the then, Ducks well, have won five course, games since then, December. Yeah, that's true. And then, of course, the Duluth Husky Stadium. When well, I'm yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, good old Wade Stadium for the yeah. Summer Collegiate World Series this that's year. That's right. She has no idea what we're talking about. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should give some context on this story. Michael and I have met once before, and we didn't realize it until a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. We met in passing when I was... With the Duluth Huskies radio team this mm-hmm. summer, and Michael was the studio host for the Northwoods League pregame show, and we met at the Summer Collegiate World Series and didn't realize it. Yeah. We had no idea, and then we were talking <laughs> one night about some of our past experiences and what have you, and you brought up the St. Cloud Rocks, and I said, were you an intern with them? Because I knew the guy who does radio for them. Mm-hmm. He said, no, I was the... Uh, pre and post game show host for the Northwoods League, and I said, "Were you at the Summer Collegiate World <laughs> Series?" And all of a sudden, I recognized. It, it, I, I, I remember at that moment, I was like, "We've met before." We because had a I've full seen you about every day that whole summer, and then finally recognizing you, and I'm like, "Oh boy." Oh, that's crazy. I'm getting old. I feel like a matchmaker. Kind of are. In yeah. a way. I mean, but in that sense, like Trent Bailey's sort of a matchmaker. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I tell you what, though, I can tell you now, Michael, that the season is over. I don't know that you and Zane Piarly and the pregame show host 
predicted one game right in the <laughs> College World Series because every prediction you had came out wrong, and our hearts just I, I did, sang I did in say, the deciding I, game I, three when you picked us to win it. I, I said Duluth. Um, I said you guys would make the World Series on the. Did you really? I said you guys would make it in the in the north in the north end. Okay. I said, I, but I said Madison would make it in the south end. Everyone thought Madison was. But, but remember, if you remember early in the season, I said Fond du Lac is a is a dark horse team. I, I had them in my top five power rankings all season long, and they ended up winning the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I worked with Tiger Peterson before, so I was yeah. always a huge fan of you guys. But yeah, Tiger like, just I, got a new job. Yeah, good, good for him. Yeah, heading Everywhere. down to coach with the St. Louis Cardinals Class A affiliate. Good for him. Everywhere he's gone, he's been a winner. Yeah. Like uh, I was, I was the play-by-play guy for the Riptide, and he won the championship in the California League. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Duluth and made it to the Summer Collegiate World Series. Now he's oh, good for him. Good for him. I got some good Tiger stories that we're going to say for off yeah, yeah. and what have you. But no, it, w- it was a great experience. On some level, we did hate you afterwards after picking us to win oh, in, right. in game three, but we're past it now. It was a fun experience. Uh, just about out of time. I got a couple of press releases I want to throw in here quick. This weekend, Marquette Mountain is hosting the Bob Hosking Memorial Alpine Ski Race, February 22nd through the 24th. You like skiing, either of you? We're actually going skiing this Sunday. Are you really? That yeah. sounds fun. Yeah, it's going to be a whole thing. Uh, Rachel's never gone skiing. Yeah, You've we're like learning skiing. how to ski. I've, I've never, never gone skiing no. and I'm scared too. I've never gone skiing or snowboarding. I've so, only sat on a tube and went down a mountain. ABC 10 is going as a crew and only yeah. me and Dan Callahan have gone skiing before. So we're making bets on who's going to be the first one to fall. Rachel, mm. Jordan, and Kaylee. <laughs> Send video. It'll yeah, be good. Oh, it's gonna be, be good. Gonna, we're gonna have like three different GoPros. It's all be, good. Yeah. It's gonna be a whole. It's gonna be a whole yeah. thing. You gotta watch, guys. You gotta watch. Yeah. And then this weekend at the Superior Dome, it's the Finlandia Dome Classic, 16th annual tournament where we'll have softball teams from all across the North coming: Edgewood, Marion of Wisconsin, Northland, Saint Scholastica, and UW Superior, all taking place here in Marquette over the weekend. So. A lot going on here in the Marquette area. I, I, this is the last thing I can do before we run out of time, but I was told there are outhouse races coming up just outside oh my of gosh. this weekend. Yeah. Is that a I thing? don't know when it is, but I remember we did a story I on it last this weekend. year. Is, is it a good thing? It's so funny. People decorate their outhouses, yeah, put and them they on like sleds race. and push them down the hill. It's a race. That's <laughs> it's awesome. so weird. I love what yeah. they do up here. I love yeah. how the UP it, does yeah. it. It's different rachel zerby and john michael hofling our guest today we're out of time appreciate you both as always rachel's next week your last show no not quite i think i still have three She's more do you she march 15th is my last day okay i was thinking you're leaving at the beginning of no. march so we're glad to have you i'm a staying bit to longer. the end of basketball season oh good oh we'll good yeah. we'll enjoy having you on then <laughs> for a few more weeks until then this is the sports pen i'm tanner hoops thanks for listening to espn up wzam ishpeming marquette